The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in, whatever city you're in, whatever state you're in, nationwide, worldwide. Welcome into another episode of the Three Man Rush. I am the Big O Jerry Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson, and we are coming to you on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. And um, we are excited for another uh, information, another action-packed show. We've got a lot going on. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our local teams, our UB Bulls, our Syracuse Orange. As they go bowling, we'll uh, touch a little bit on those games. National Signing Day was yesterday. We'll talk about the uh, the rankings. How did your team do? Where did they fall into place? I know Sarah is way fired up about this. And I'll just give you a little hint. Somebody must have had a big, fat sack of cash for this team to finish. <laughs> where, where they have. We'll dive into that as well. Also, we've got some bowl games coming up. And, of course, the Buffalo Bills left today as they go to the Windy City to uh, take on the Chicago Bears Saturday uh, there at Soldier Field. But um, today, as always, our uh, three-man rush video cast is brought to you by, um, that is, the people at Picasso's Pizza. Welcome to this episode of the three-man rush on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Uh, again, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo's Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. Now that we got that out of the way, Sarah, obviously you are not at home. Tell us a little bit about what you got. Yeah. Well, actually, my, my flight was canceled uh, yesterday to fly in today to Chicago. So I had to 
rebook for 5 a.m. this morning. Um, crazy because I was in the Finger Lakes, so I had to leave at about quarter to two in the morning to drive up to Buffalo uh, to get on my 5 a.m. flight, but I made it. Um, it was actually pretty nice when we landed, and uh, right around 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, uh, the snow started and the, the temperature has uh, started coming down. So right now it's uh, about, um, I think it was two degrees um, with a negative. I wrote it down a second ago. Yeah, with a negative of uh, 11 and 20 mile per hour winds. So, and some, some nice snow on, uh, on the ground. So we went out and had some, uh, some food and I think it was about a nine minute walk and just brutal absolutely brutal so i have no clue how i'm gonna handle saturday <laughs> you know, we, we talked a little bit about this last night on the uh, hump day hotline joe miller and myself do you know why chicago chicago is called the windy city i don't i don't so most people think it's called the windy city because of like what you witnessed today the wind and just brutal cold but actually it's a big political hub uh the windy city has to do with politicians running their mouths so they, <laughs> they speak and their mouths run and, and, and blow a lot of isn't wind, that so. isn't that yeah. everywhere though <laughs> that, that, that is, that is I, true, I, yes i digress but no um yeah. so yeah i just looked at it's two degrees right now with a negative 18 wind wow. chill so so it yeah. is it does snow in other places other than buffalo that's it, it it does yeah and um it was a good two like i would say probably about three to five inches ish right. um, that, that seemingly fell, um, you know, this afternoon already. So um, the wind's going to pick up overnight tomorrow. It's supposed to, the wind's supposed to be worse. So we'll see. Um, I'm not looking forward to, you know, it's supposed to be in the negatives without the wind chill. So I can imagine what it's going to be with the wind chill. So uh, I, you know, I have several layers. I don't know if it's going to be enough. Um, but I will be uh, front row around the 35-ish yard line, so uh, you won't be able to see what I look like because I'll have that many clothes on. <laughs> but, you know, people are going to be like, right. that has to be Sarah. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy Chicago because from everything I've seen, um, weather in Buffalo, you might not be going home anytime soon. Well, so, luckily, uh, I don't. We're, yeah, we're actually going to spend Christmas. Um, you know, I've never been to Chicago for more than, you know, a day. So, uh, yeah, I figured we'll we'll spend Christmas here and we'll fly out on Monday. Fingers crossed. Um, Monday works out that I can fly back to Buffalo because uh, I am staying in Buffalo for the week before uh, driving down to Cincinnati for uh, next right. weekend's game. Excellent. Excellent. Um, hey, man, let's start the show. Let's kick in. All right. All Sunday. right. Um, yesterday was National Signing Day, and I'll just give you a rundown of the teams. Um, ESPN's top 10, um, their teams are, are as follows. Number one, Alabama, no surprise. Number two, Georgia, not a surprise. Number three, a huge surprise. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and let me go through 10, and then we'll go back to number three for you, Sarah. You can dive into that a little bit. The Miami Hurricanes come in number three um, down in Norman, Oklahoma, about an hour and 40 minutes from me. The Oklahoma Sooners come in four. The Texas Longhorns five. Rounding out the top ten, you have Notre Dame at six, LSU at seven, Oregon at eight, Florida, which badly needs it, at nine. And, and surprisingly, a team that's been in the top five for quite some time, but um, they're number ten right now, Ohio State. So – 
Let's talk a little bit about Miami and your Hurricanes and just what they've got done during uh, this early signing period in December. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, very excited. I mean, we still haven't technically signed one of our cornerbacks. Uh, he is committed. Um, there's some questions about whether or not he's going to start early. Uh, but to get the number five, um, the number four and number five on the ESPN 300 list, is huge for Miami. So we actually have top, uh, two top 300 um, corners that will be joining us and then two top 20 um, offensive tackles, which is going to be huge for us because we had so many issues on the line right. this year. So I am looking forward to it. But um, we got, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start learning to pronounce their name. Um, my Goa and Okun uh, Lola. Um, so I'm looking forward to those two guys. They are um, huge guys that, you know, uh, once once they even come on campus and bulk up a little bit more, it's going to be fun. And then, you know, having uh, two really good corners come in. Uh, one is the, the number four recruit in the country, number one cornerback in the country. Um, so I'm really, really, really looking forward to them uh, both joining. Um, the you know the team coming up you know we've worked really hard on the whole recruiting thing that was the whole you know point of having uh Cristobal come in um and getting all these ex-players to really focus on on the team so right it's definitely one of those things uh you know having uh McLean on uh, on the squad's going to be good you know huge and having Brown on right. the squad's gonna be huge as well that's if they do sign Cormani and, and who she's talking about is Cormani McLean and that's who they're waiting on. And obviously, if they sign him, does that jump them to number three? I I don't know. Um, but um, or actually number two, I don't know. But this is a class that um, is top five by most uh, ranking uh, publications yeah. right now. And you know, obviously, uh, Cristobal coming in, he's an offensive line guy. No surprise, they go out and load up on uh, on offensive line talent. So um, you know, the thing about this is, and and I'm going to say this. And, and the two things we have in common, other than a mascot, you are the Hurricanes and we are the Golden Hurricane right. singular at Tulsa, is we are both small private schools. And, and to me, if you look at this, this is kind of a, this is a shocking deal. Maybe not shocking, but surprising that a small private school is playing the, the NIL game the way they are, because obviously that is, is is more than likely what's going on in this situation. And what's sad is you can't ever come along anymore and say, hey, that coach is doing a hell of a job recruiting. Right yeah. away when a team like this comes out of nowhere, who's paying the money? Yeah, and, uh, and that's what happened. Yeah. That's what happened last year with, uh, with you know, Texas A&M and, you know, how much money uh, in, in Texas itself, how much money they were throwing at recruits in order to get them – basically away from Alabama. Um, that's that's the goal. I mean, Alabama has the number one safety recruit, the number one offensive, uh, or excuse me, the number one uh, outside linebacker, the number two offensive tackle, the number two defensive tackle. So, I mean, they have four of the, of the top, uh, I think 15 or 16 recruits in the nation already, um, you know, going to uh, Alabama. So they always have, you know, that enjoyment of riches and um, it's never really going to stop until other teams can, can break them away. So I hate 
there's a part of me that doesn't like the nil um deals now but the, it's it's kind of like that great equalizer now um right. <laughs> or if you have someone you know who who can provide these type of deals uh it makes it a little bit more interesting and uh some of these kids are coming in and you know as long to me as long as they're working for it um i i hate the idea of having them just throw money you know throwing money at them and then right. you know they they never participate on the um or they never actually show out you know uh on the field so you know, just because they're rated you know five stars going in or anything doesn't mean that they're gonna even ever see the field you never know um until they get you know until they get out there so but it's a big deal for me finally to have the the canes um hopefully start that that you know truck back down to to relevancy so uh i definitely look forward to to seeing what's going to come out uh, come out of this so we're also a very big uh tight end team we always have been um and uh we ha we have another tight end coming on and then we also have been pounding the transfer portal so we definitely have a, a couple of corners and offensive linemen coming in from the the portal as well so look forward to it and uh yeah i'm excited uh some of the other notable, you know, uh, things that I kind of wanted to talk about with signing day, obviously, um, the number one, you know, and obviously, you know, for those of you who watch, you know, college football, there is um, the ESPN rankings, the ESPN 300, and then there you have like the 24-7 sports. A lot of them have a little bit of different rankings here and there, but pretty much um, you have Archie Manning as one or two um, in most of those rankings. So he's going to play for Texas and um, Nelson, uh, the quarterback that uh, is now committed to USC. He he's number one on the, the ESPN rankings. And then uh, Dante Moore, he's uh, number three, also a quarterback uh, um, playing for UCLA. So the top three uh, recruits this uh, this signing period were all quarterbacks. And um, it'll be interesting because, you know, not one of them has uh you know georgia ohio state alabama so i'm i'm excited to see uh you know what that's going to look like you know one one school that everybody has an eye on is uh, obviously colorado with coach prime Deion sanders going there they right now rank 50th 50. um i've seen them as high as 45 but um 50th is where they're ranked um two four stars are their highest recruits um one of those being number eight running back dylan edwards and the number 10 junior college, uh, I'm sorry, the number one junior college offensive tackle, Isaiah Yada. Um, also, Anthony Hopkins, the speedster, the number 13 wide receiver, uh, he goes to Colorado as well. It'll take Dion a little bit of time to uh, build that whole recruiting rapport, but also right. you have to understand of all the transfers that he's brought in with him as yes. well. So that yes. class could more or less be uh, a little bit higher than, than it is it's it's 50th yeah. rank but so it will be hard it will be hard in buffalo because it also you know it's it's going to have some issues with it is a tough tough school and um it's got it's a grind academically and you know the thing about all this is nil and everything is great but if your your athletes don't fit with where you are it's not going to work so hopefully I'm, and i'm and i'm sure dion went there because it's going to be a challenge yeah and um, so you know, i think we'll get it right so dion and i are going to have some conversations if you know uh mclean ends up decommitting from miami and and going to colorado that's the whole rumor mill 
reason why he hasn't quite signed his national signing day letter. That's the I, whole thing about this. I, I don't care. I hope they all decommit and go somewhere else because there's no, loyalty. there's no loyalty. There's no love. There's nothing. I mean, this is nothing but money. And it's it's a shame because we're, we're talking about a game we love in an era that I don't love. And it's never going to go away completely. I'm sure it's going to get, um, you know, regulated at some point. But um, it's it's hard to it's hard to follow a guy that's going to get a hundred thousand from Miami. This is just hypothetical, but a hundred thousand from Miami, and then Dion shows up with two hundred. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I mean, Dion, I don't know Dion and I are going to have some words. We will have some <laughs> words if he takes away McLean from us. Uh, all right, all right. Well, we are going bowling. We have both of our uh, hometown teams. Uh, both uh, the Bulls and Syracuse are both. Uh, heading to bulls this week so um the bulls go in on the 27th at noon to uh to play at georgia southern right now they're three and a half point underdogs um which isn't really surprising because you know obviously they you know they they finished the season not doing as well as they started exactly ub i think has come out and they are uh two and three in their last five but georgia southern also is two and three in their last five um, Buffalo, four and two on the road against the spread. Um, this is a matchup that can go either way. Both defenses are are pretty poor, except UB does play better uh, pass defense. That is the one thing offensively that Georgia Southern does well. Ranked seventh in passing yards, 29th in total yards. They're getting uh, they're they're gaining 472 yards a game. But I, I like Georgia Southern covering. I like them win. I, I like them winning and covering the spread. Um, yeah. I just think that UB is is really is really really struggling right now to just kind of gain an identity and get back in you know get back in rhythm and sync. And I will say this: we've got two kids down here again that have signed with UB. I mean, UB is making an extreme effort to recruit nationally, or at least to the middle part, the flyover states. So uh, it, you know, when you start doing that, when you when you recruit that far away from home, that means your school's giving you a budget to be able to go recruit and do that. So obviously you'd be serious about being good at football. I just don't see them uh, pulling this thing out against Georgia Southern in the Crampton bowl in Montgomery, Alabama. Have you ever been there? Uh, it's where they no. play the blue. It's where they play the blue gray game. Lots and lots of history. It's a really cool place. And uh, Montgomery's a nice town as well. So, um, you know, hopefully you has a little success, but I don't know. I'm not picking them. Yeah. I have Georgia Southern um, covering as well. Uh, I will be rooting for Buffalo, obviously. Yeah. I hope the Bulls can can pull it off. Um, but, you know, I think that Georgia Southern, even though even though they have the same record, I just feel like they, in the Sun, the Sun Belt Conference, has a little bit, um, I don't want to say tougher competition, but they've been more proven and, right. uh, and you know, battle-tested. So I just feel like, it, you know, they might have the, the slight edge. The one thing that Buffalo might have going for them is if it's still – this Arctic blast of coldness yeah. going down through, um, you know, next week, uh, you know, they might, you know, Georgia Southern might kind of get that scared the crap out of them uh, with, with how cold it's been and Buffalo is going to be used to it. So uh, right. the other one, and I'm actually excited about this one, uh, which is the pinstripe bowl. Miami used to go to the pinstripe bowl feels like every year. Cause that that's kind of where they would fall in the ACC, but obviously we're not going bowling this year. Uh, but Syracuse will be taking on Minnesota 
in the Pinstripe Bowl in New York City. So they are nine and a half point underdogs uh, going into that game, um, which I I completely see because uh, Minnesota I'm is not, it's a, not more. I'm yeah. honestly surprised. It's okay. Not more. All right. Minnesota is a good team, um, yeah. and Syracuse still has a lot of questions. I know we have several wide receivers that enter the portal, um, so they won't be playing. I know we talked about, um, you know, Babers having people, you know, be able to to go through the practices and everything else, which will be great for them. Um, and I'd like to see what, you know, we're going to be able to see coming out in the future. Right. Um, so it'll be fun to watch it for that reason. I don't think Syracuse is going to cover. Um, but, again, I will be rooting for them. Uh, I've been in, you know, a secondary orange fan now uh since i was a, a kid so um always root for them no matter what unless they're playing my hurricanes so uh we'll see they play on thursday um so we actually have uh some some games starting to come up that um you know will be fun to watch uh, because the the ones that have already been played um have not been all that great especially last week, most of them were blowouts. So right. you talked about this game. I think Minnesota, to me, I, I'm surprised they're not a double digit, uh, double digit favorite. Um, Syracuse, a team that's lost. Uh, they've only won one game of their last five. Minnesota's riding a four out of five uh, winning streak. Uh, bad news for Syracuse. Cause, cause Minnesota does two things really, really well that will give Syracuse fits. One of those is run the football. They average 218 yards a game. I think they're ranked 23rd in the country tremendously good at running the football and defensively they are extremely strong seventh in total uh yardage given up 17 passing yards um they do have a little bit of a uh, glitch in rushing yards given up but they are 33rd in the country on third down and um strong strong defensively big this is a true blue big 10 football team year after year a big huge physical team um i like minnesota winning and covering I'd have picked them if they were 15-point favorites. Yeah, I, I think, think it's uh, going to be a tall task for Syracuse. Yeah, I think Syracuse, you know, obviously it, it's more of a home game for them. Um, we might be able to have a little bit more um, fans there um, in the stands. But the difference between the two is, you know, uh, Syracuse at this point, uh, you know, uh, hasn't been winning towards the end of the season. So a lot of the fans, that if they were winning, would have probably trucked – you know, made that, that trek to go see the game, um, probably won't anymore. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it takes away the home field advantage for them. But um, I'm actually starting to getting a little bit excited about some of the other games coming up uh, because, like I said, some of them have been kind of, I don't want to say boring, but boring. I mean, like Florida got blown out last week. I mean, right. who would have thought? I think it was about 30 to 3. Um, so it's been it's been pretty crazy um, with the different with the different scores. I think um, the one I just put up was uh, the Holiday Bowl. So that's coming uh, next Wednesday, the the twenty eighth. It's with uh, number fifteen Oregon versus uh, North Carolina. North Carolina, excuse me. So we have the Pac twelve against the ACC. I'm actually surprised that North Carolina, when they lost the ACC championship, that they you know became unranked. Um, they did, they had a pretty decent season. Um, I think this game is going to be closer than people think. Um, I don't think that, um, that they're going to win. I think Oregon is going to win, but I do think they're going to cover the spread. You know, the money on this game is fairly even. Um, Oregon is laying 14 and a half points. 
Um, betting is pretty much down the line right now. But when you look at this game, it's played in the Holiday Bowl. And, and Sarah, I'm not – I told you a long time ago, I do not ask women how old they are, nor do I even speculate. Um, my father's taught me well, but I will say this. The Holiday Bowl for years, because this was the bowl game that seemed like BYU always played in mm-hmm. when Steve Young was there and all those teams. And so it's a it's a deal where it is known for high-scoring offenses. It's known for a lot of excitement and late-game heroics. So it, it does not shock me that these two teams yep. that come into this game and you know UNC is not a bad they're not a they're not a bad team they're a good football team as a matter of fact they're twelfth in the country in passing yards three hundred ten yards a game they're averaging um, you know Oregon they're twenty seventh at two hundred ninety one uh, a lot of buzz about about Nick's coming back at quarterback next year not uh, not declaring for the draft. Um, I think this is going to be a wonderful game. I, think I actually Oregon did not know that, Jerry. Yeah. I didn't know Nick. So he's not. No, I did not know out. that. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. That's why. And I can't remember who it was, but I believe somebody was was going to go to Oregon. Uh, Nick's is coming back, so they actually flipped their commitment and are and are going somewhere else. But, That's huge. Um, yeah, big time. But when you look at this, I like Oregon to win, but I don't like them to cover. I don't think they'll cover exactly. the fourteen okay. and a half. Um, I think this is going to be a wonderful football game. These next three games we talk about, offensive fireworks all over them. I mean, this could be this could be really fun football to watch. Yeah. So the next one I have on here is the Cheez It Bowl uh, with number thirteen Florida State uh, taking on Oklahoma. Now Florida State has a much better record. They're nine and three. Uh, Oklahoma is six and six. Uh, you got ACC. You know. Um, who, who some people feel like might not have been as good of a conference as other people feel this year. Um, but Oklahoma always puts up stuff, you know, put, puts up a fight. So I don't think the six and six, what, you know, with the big 12 right now is necessarily identified of how good of a team they are. Um, so we'll see, but I think Florida state, and it pains me to say it, it really like, you know, it really pains me to say it. Um, they were a good team this year. Um, so, I honestly think they are going to win. I think that they're going to be Oklahoma. I don't th- – I think it's going to be by seven, though, not by nine. So I don't see them covering. I have it a little bit differently. I, I'm surprised that the spread is nine. I thought it might be a little bit more considering yeah. you have Florida State coming in. Um, this this game is very similar. And if you look at both offenses, uh, Jeff Levy runs that OU offense. He is of Baylor descent. Um, if you don't know, Jeff Levy's father-in-law is is Art Bryles, who started oh, okay. that whole thing in Baylor. Um, then you look at uh, Florida State, who is coached by Mike Norvell. Norvell, who was at Tulsa at one point, uh, he went on to Arizona State and eventually ended up as the head coach of uh, – he was at Memphis and he went to Florida State. Um, he is a uh, Gus Malzahn guy. So these are these are high these are very spread oriented guys at, at the uh, at the offense coordinator positions. Um, if you look at this, Florida State has a huge advantage on defense. I think both both teams are very similar on offense. Although Florida State, Sarah, is running at a fifty two percent clip on third down, and I'm sure that the people in the stands at Highmark Stadium on uh, last Saturday night were sick and tired of hearing this big monstrous dude like just crammed in the seats and that we'll talk about that in a little bit but um <laughs> screaming get off the field get off the field yeah. and and when i'm that's at the defense on third down you know get off the field 
and we did not do that very well last week, and we'll talk it's about that. But it's been know, a while since we've done that well. <laughs> yes, it has been a while. But you know, this is uh this is a this is again it could be an offensive fireworks. Florida State is five and zero against the spread on the road, three and two in their last five against the spread. Money right now is leaning towards uh pretty heavily towards Florida State. I think Florida State wins. And I also like them covering the nine yeah. points. So. This isn't this isn't them on the road though. This is they're going to be at Camping World in in Orlando. It, it is, is going to be it's on the road. I know, I know. it'll be a. Florida I'm just State. saying I'm it is. It. OU fan travels now. Okay, I, I I'm looking for it. And to be honest with you, Jerry, if OU can beat FSU, I will be screaming and yelling and rooting for OU all night long. <laughs> so, I, I, I figured, I know it pains you to have to pick Florida It does, I, it does. I and and I, I have that. too many, I have too many friends that are, that are Florida State fans. So I right. hear it all the time. Right. So um, right. I will definitely be rooting for Oklahoma, but I, I just don't think they have enough firepower. I think that um, FSU is just, they found something this year, but both on offense and defense. So, um, you know, I think that they, they turned that page and, you know, it's unfortunate for me because um, I had to hear about it all year. Um, but this is my favorite game coming up. So number 12, Washington versus number 12 or number 20, Texas. Uh, you got the Pac-12 against the Big 12. I think that um, this is going to be a really fun game to watch. I was a little surprised to see that Texas um, is actually the favored um, favorites here. They are four, uh, four point favorites. So um I think it'll be a, it's going to be a fun game. I will be rooting for Washington, of course, uh, but I think that I don't know. I, I have it that that Washington wins, but only by one. So um, I, you know, when I was kind of going through, I had twenty eight, twenty seven, but it is in Texas, so maybe they're giving them a little bit more of a home field advantage uh, type thing here. So. Um, yeah, so I have 20-27 for, for that game, so it's only a one-point difference, but I do have Washington winning. Maybe that's a little bit more with me picking with my heart. Alamo Bowl is a wonderful bowl game. I've been down there. I've been to the game. The stadium is cool. The town, obviously, just – I don't know if you've ever been there, Sarah. San my dad Antonio. used to go to San Antonio yeah. all the time, and he would talk so much about it. He loved yeah. San Antonio. I've never been, but he loves it. Well, you should check it out. San Antonio rips. It's a great place to go watch a game. But, you know, when you look at this game, Texas actually, like you say, is laying four points. I Offensively, it's not even close. Washington just crushes all statistical categories. They've got a, a huge edge in passing. They're the second-ranked team in the country. Um, you know, you, you look at this stuff. They're second there. They're fourth in total yardage. Tremendous uh, passing team with uh, Penix, the kid who's coming back next year as well. Um, some think that he might be a Heisman hopeful, probably will be early. But the one thing Texas does well is rush the football, yeah. you know, and they're at a clip of about 200 yards a game. Here's the problem. B. John Robinson's out. He's hurt. He's not playing this week. Yeah. Ingram, also questionable. So they're going to be thin at running back. Um, you know, is this – can Sark come put something together where they can score points throwing the ball? I'm not sure. I just think that in the end, there's probably not a lot of really good defense played. They're basically down the middle. Um, they're pretty even defensively. Um, maybe a turnover or two changes the uh, trajectory of this outcome. I just think Washington right now has way too much firepower and way too much of an ability to score points in a hurry for uh, Texas to keep up. 
So Texas is going to have to do something either on special teams or get some big turnovers to uh, shorten the field and score points that way to keep up with Washington. I like Washington. I like them uh, uh, getting the four points. I like them winning. Perfect. All right. Well, so the other day we had our Pro Bowl uh, nods yeah. and everything. So I kind of just wanted to take a moment to, you know, con congratulate Josh and Stefan Diggs and Jordan Poirier and Mitch Morris for, for making the, the Pro Bowl. They won't be playing in the Pro Bowl. Let's let's make sure that everyone gets that straight because uh, we'll be preparing for the Super Bowl that week. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the fact that, you know, uh, Tremaine uh, and, and Milano did not, you know, they did not get picked for for the Pro Bowl, um, you know, as uh, as actually, you know, automatic bids. So they're in as first alternates. So do you feel it's necessarily a snub, or do you just feel that because the the linebacker position, you know, you have people like Matthew Judon, and um, you have, you know, you have other uh, you have other people who were just a smidgen better, you know, when it comes to that. I think that, you know, when you look at this, and we talked a little bit about this last night on Hump Day, Joe and I broke this down. Actually, Spence peeled himself out of his deathbed and uh, <laughs> came on to uh, make it a three-man show and talk a little bit about, you know, obviously he was excited because he has a very high uh, affinity for Poyer. Poyer. Um, but when you look at this, I think that Tremaine being out three games hurt him. He's been out with injury. Um, and I think the injury slowed him down some early. So you have that. And then I don't know. I mean, I when it comes to Matt Milano, I like Matt Milano. I think he's a great player. I also think he's feast or famine. He's he's a thousand miles an hour. He's nothing. You know, he makes some big plays. He does things like he did the other night and just totally whiffed in the flat and gave up a, you know, a 50, 60 yard run. It's I think he's a dynamic player. I think he does some things at that linebacker spot that really fit that 4-2-5 defense well. But I also think that he does have some liabilities in some areas. And without sitting there and studying every play of tape, um, I don't know. I don't know if it was a snub or not. Um, I do know that that the uh, that Buffalo Bills, most Buffalo Bills fans do feel it's a snub. Yeah. But, um, you know. We'll, I originally uh, did. I originally did. And then the more I kind of thought about it, I kind of, like I still kind of look at Milano and Edmonds as that that tandem. So right. I feel like you know I you know you were kind of saying um, it's it's you either get the great or you or, or you don't right. um, with with them. I feel like most of the time you're only getting the great when they're both on the field together. So um, you know I, I I was kind of up in arms about it the other day, but then I was like you know you know maybe it's. It's not the wrong thing. Maybe first alternate is is not really a snub. So uh, I'm kind of there with you. So I agree. As far as Tremaine goes, I think we'll I think we'll really see uh, just how good he is when his contract negotiation comes up here real soon, and people start realizing what other teams are willing to give for him and his services. I think that'll shock some people. But um, I'm just to end this Pro Bowl talk real quick before we get to this week's game in Chicago. Sarah, I'm very, I'm very happy for Poyer. I think Poyer, I have a lot of respect for guys that play hurt. I have a lot of respect for guys that that find a way to get on the field, and and he's that guy to me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard because he's a vet, and and that's why he does some of the things he does because he is that veteran at, at presence, and he understands how important it is to be on the field. Um, you know, do they re-sign him? I don't know. Is he willing to take a little bit of a discount? 
you know, our, our salary cap's getting ready to be really, really tight here pretty soon. And it's going to be, uh, unfortunately for us, we're going to have to say bye to somebody we don't want to say bye to. Um, yeah. But with all that being said, very happy for him. So deserving. Um, you know, it just, I, I think it's a culmination of a very, very, um, uh, I guess you could use the word heroic season. Um, yeah. He's, I like he's that. carried that defense on his back um, with, with one arm and uh, very, very disturbing for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, the the amount of respect that I feel like he has for his teammates, is, you know, is what I think is what's so great because a lot of people, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to play hurt and, and risk, especially in a, in a year where you're, you're wondering if you're going to get that contract. Right. Um, and, and he's going out there and risking further injury in order to, uh, make sure you know obviously there's there's some of that that he wants to show you know show that he could still play so that he gets that contract but there's also that point in time where we have to look at it and say he really wants his teammates and him to succeed to get us to that super you know to get us that super bowl so i i just respect him so much and i really hope i don't know if it's feasible but um i look to to bean and say hey you could figure it out. You know, we, we all joke about the the salary cap and how it's not really a thing um, anymore because you can finagle it to uh, to fit. Um, do I want to see there being issues five, six, seven years down the road because we did something stupid now? No, but um, I have a feeling, I, I have some confidence that they can figure it out, you know, somehow, some way um, to at least keep a couple of the guys you know, I love Knox, and Knox has been doing well the last couple of weeks. He's finally stepping up. Um, I do think that his extension was a little premature. So I, I don't think it's premature. I think they need to figure out what the hell they are on offense. And I've I've kind of sat back and, and waited to see what, you know, analyze it. And I watched them on, on Saturday night last week. And in the first six plays, I think they ran five different personnel groups. And I understand that's to see what's going on. There's, you know, trickery and things like that. We script the first 15 plays, the first 20 plays. But when you watch, when you watch the way the plays are called and you watch what's going on, I still don't know if we have a true identity. Are we trying to be like a West Coast team with, with, with Himes in the, in the, in the back, in the backfield? We could do that. He's that type of back. He can catch it out of the backfield. We've got a fullback type in Gilliam. We can do some things like that. Are we a spread team? Okay, obviously you brought Beasley in to play the slot. You can play the four wide receiver looks. Um, we came in and we hopped into what I, we in football call ace, which is, is 21 personnel. So if you hear them talk about 21 personnel, what that means is there's two tight ends and one back. If it's 11 personnel, which we used to run, with the K-Gun, the K-Gun would be 11 personnel, one tight end, one back. And so we hopped into some 21, into some two tights, and and did some things there. I mean, we run some funky stuff now. Gilliam will go out and play the slot, and the only reason he's out there, you're like, why is the fullback out there? Well, if you watch him, he goes and, and tries to stalk block the corner and run a quick uh, run a quick screen off of it. Unfortunately, he whiffed. But um, I just don't I, – I don't know what we are – and I think it hurts us in some technique stuff that we're kind of doing a 9 million things. And, you know, I just saw some stuff uh, and we'll get into it here in a moment, I guess, but some things, especially offensive line wise that we missed 
because what I, I consider technique busts more than anything. You know, we're very athletic up front. And to not make someone's yeah. box, especially Deion Dawkins, it's usually technique, not ability. Yeah, I think to clarify my comments with uh, with Knox, I, when I say that I feel like it was um, maybe a little preemptive, a little too soon, I just feel, and it, it was probably all Josh. Josh was probably like, keep, keep Dawson here. And, you know, he probably voiced his, um, you know, eagerness for that. I just feel that Josh can make pretty much any tight end look a certain way. I'm not going to say that he's going to turn, you know, a tight end into Travis Kelsey all the time or, you know, or Andrews or anything, but he can make them definitely look like, like Dawson Knox has looked. So I just feel like, I mean, even Quentin Morris has looked really good at times when we've used him this year. Uh, and he just had a, a touchdown at, at this, you know, past week. So I really honestly think that instead of paying a tight end as much as we were paying Knox, um, it might have been more beneficial to use that money elsewhere um, and, you know, probably draft another tight end. Um, but that was probably against what Josh wanted, you know, technically. So we'll see how that all. Well, if Josh, if Josh can make a tight end look good, why hasn't he made him look, you know, why up to fan standards over the last so many weeks? I think if you look. No, at I think that's numbers, play calling. I think I think that that's play calling. That and what happened this week? They utilized Knox in the passing game, and he, yeah, caught, and quick, now he had a yeah. couple of drops. He, you know, he had a couple of drops, but still, he looked so much better. He, there was rhyme or reason to what was going on. They were running that that crossing route to where they were starting. They were going all the way across the field, and Josh can can go ahead and and lengthen plays with his feet. But um, the the couple of things that I did like, and well, let's let's stay with what we don't like. Because there's, it seemed we won a game, and there was more to not like about it than what there was to like about it. And and I I've been preaching this for weeks. Um, you know, we keep saying we need to draft offensive linemen, we need to draft another running back, we need to draft a slot receiver. We need to, you better draft some size up the middle on defense, especially if you're not going to pay Edmonds. You better get another Jordan Phillips or two because right now, you know, we did not look good up front. We got gashed. We were in the wrong gaps. We didn't play sound gap control defense. And we just showed – and this is why I made the comment yesterday. We don't have an advantage anymore in the snow and ice and cold. Right. I agree. We don't We don't have an advantage. For Miami to roll into town the way they did and run the ball down our throat and see some of the things that happened, we don't have an advantage. So we might as well build a dome and go ahead and make everybody happy. Well, that's not going to happen. It's just not at this point. It's, they already, yeah, yeah, I mean, I that, that point's not going to happen. But I honestly think, I mean, if the weather was the way it was um, in the fourth quarter, the whole game, there might have been a potential where it was a little different. Um, I think Miami played um, the their worst game um, in the fourth quarter. So it may be that we had a little bit of an advantage um, come the, you know, come the fourth quarter. Um, but it affects both teams. No, no team right. wants to go out there, especially when it's as cold as it is or was. And, you know, I think that that's why there was so many missed tackles. No one wants to hit, hit in that, in that weather. So, you know, it's even just, even, you know, when you see like a, a fumble, it's just jumping on that ball, knowing how hard that ball is because it's so frozen. You know, I've heard so many conversations and interviews and everything about how, 
much people um, can't stand, you know, that that weather. So I don't believe it's the whole football weather and crap. It, it's no one wants to. No one really wants to play in it. So well, technology's changed the game as far as stuff you wear under your pads, the way you prepare. Um, it's it's different. You know, guys aren't wearing hooded sweatshirts under their uniforms anymore like they used to. <laughs> I don't you know. know. Who got... was it the other day at practice? They had a parka on. Well, underneath. Well, we did. No, no, no. Now, listen, we did the same thing. We did the same thing. Well, I made a joke about this with John Fina the other day uh, on Twitter. It was it was Jordan Phillips. Jordan Phillips, I thought so, yeah. It was that defensive line crew um, that had a parka on underneath their jersey. We used to do the same thing because back then we didn't have a indoor. We had before we had the indoor, we had a bubble, and Marv was terribly claustrophobic, and he was scared to death of that thing because there'd be all this snow and ice on it. And when the team would go in there and practice, it would create heat, and then the noise, the vibration, big old ice dams would slide off that thing, Ooh. and it would freak, it would freak him out. And um, and so we would never practice in there. We always practiced on the turf. So we had a board in the locker room that had like you know, hot, sunny, blah, 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 all these weather conditions. And then on the bottom, it said locker day. And what locker day meant was it was so cold that you wore whatever you had in your locker, like put it all on at one time. And we all had coats and we all wore coats. <laughs> we had winter gloves. I mean, we had the whole, we had the whole shebang. So I don't hate Jordan Phillips game at all. Matter of fact, that whole faux fur line hood he's got is, is pretty sweet. <laughs> I I was joking. I was like, I would love to see someone actually try to wear something yes. like that. Um, yes. Yeah, look I mean, good, it would be hilarious. Look good, feel good, play good, right? There you go. There you go. So. But, you know, I, I look back, um, you know, I remember um, back in the day, I don't, I, maybe 93-ish, um, when we played um, the Raiders in Buffalo, and it was, re like, I really remember, cold. Yeah, I was there, yep. Well, you were there. Okay. Minus, minus 35 wind chill. Okay. So we're not going to be there in Chicago this, you know, this weekend. We're going to be close, but not quite. They're saying anywhere between negative 25 and negative 15, depending on, you know, uh, the wind, depending on like, yeah, right. So uh, depending on the wind, depending on, um, you know, where that, where, where the line is at that point in time, cloud cover, there's so many, you know, little things that can, can affect it. Does it matter once it's negative anything? Does it, can you feel the difference between negative ten and negative twenty five? I don't have a clue, but no, um, you, you can. I was walking across the parking lot today, and we had crazy winter here this morning. We had below freezing wind chills and all that. Oh wow! And I was walking across that parking lot going to the going into the hospital to start work, and I was like, "This is cold, and I don't want to take my jacket off and go play in this." This is, yeah. you know, like I'm over that so much, but no, at, at some point you're just like negative is negative and you go about your business. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So in your opinion, you know, how do you feel about this game? Is it going to be just run it down your throat? Do you think if there is 20 to 50 mile per hour wind gusts, do you think no. that we're going to see even any passes? I think that, you know, Josh will try to be Josh and he'll try right. to, you know, force, a couple in there and see how the, you know how they go but i think that if he puts too much touch on it it's going to be really hard to catch and if he doesn't put enough it's going to die where we you know and it could cause a turnover and we don't want to see that either so you know is it going to end up being in singletary and cooks and heinz 
hands and Josh too, as a, you know, as a running back, let's, you know, kind of include him in this. And then on the other side of the ball, you have Montgomery and you have uh, Herbert who might be back. I'm not positive. I know they brought him up from IR, but I don't know if he'll be playing, but then you got Justin Fields the same way who, you know, uses his legs just as much, if not more than Josh. Games like this are you've really got to worry about one thing before anything else. That's protecting the football. You've got to make sure you don't turn it over. You can't do silly things with the football and give the other team a short field because, uh, you know, field position is going to be huge with with bad winds and temperatures and things of that nature. But also when you look at this, I, I we talked about it last night again on hump day, and I think that I think this is a huge Josh Allen game. Two things I think are going to happen. It's a huge Josh Allen game. You're going to see him run the ball. I would not be surprised if he runs it at least 10 times. If he dipped into the 12 and 13 range, it would not shock me. Um, the other thing is this is Hines' game to break out. I think this is a game where okay. he can break out. Um, you know, he's going to get the ball out of the backfield, short passes, all those different things. So um, I also think this is a game where where Dawson Knox could be effective. You know, the, the down the field, take the top off the defense passing game is probably not going to be there. It's just as hard to throw the ball with a huge wind as it is into the wind. Um, it's hard with accuracy and all those reasons. So, you know, the the Bills are going to have to hang on to the football, not turn it over, control the clock, run it. I, like I said, I like Hines, and, and if, if he can go ahead, this is a breakout game. It'll be good for them. Josh Allen's going to beat Josh Allen, and um, I, I expect him to run it. And then the great mystery to me, Sarah, and I don't, you know – this is the thing that scares me. They have just as many running weapons as we do, if not more. And what we did last week, we've exposed ourselves again. And I'm sure they watch that film. And if Jordan Phillips gets hurt again, or he re-aggravates that shoulder right off the bat, we're in a world of hurt. And um, I really worry about us playing the run against these bears. Yeah. I think that that's, you know, and you, you, kind of have to go into the game being like, oh, well, they're going to run. So now you know they're going to run. Why can't we stop the run? Um, But, you know, that's kind of how we've been several times this year. It's, you know, we we focus on one thing and then we kind of give up, you know, everything um, on the on the other side. So um, I think, though, that the weather will probably have our backs on this one. Like we're going to know that they're going to run. the question is, is you know, if they're going to bring in both Montgomery and Herbert and Fields, which right. one's going to run the ball at that moment? And it's so I think that, you know, they need to be able to pay attention to uh, always having someone on fields, you know, whether it's a spy or whatnot, always making sure that, you know, someone's, you know, keeping an eye on him. Um, but I think that I think we can we can figure this out. I, I they have a really good offense, though. I think Chicago really does have a good offense. And if it was played in any other weather, I think we would – it would be a very high-scoring game, but I think that we would be – we'd destroy them by, you know, by two scores. I think that the weather is going to be, you know, kind of the great equalizer here. Um, before we get going, though, I wanted to tell everybody, because you don't even know the story. Uh, but last weekend, um, I know that last week we talked about the fact that you were going to be at the game, and I joked about uh, sitting in your 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 sweet seats, you know, with uh, everything to keep out of the cold. Well, you know, as you know, it was really funny because first quarter, we'll look. I look over to the left and you know see this big guy, literally what, ten, not even six seats maybe from me, and the right. next, you know, 
one one road down in the next section well the people behind me were like whoa that's a big dude <laughs> that's a big boy he should have played football and i started yeah. cracking up laughing i was like yeah he kind of did for a little bit and then you know screamed hey jerry and we're all you know waving and everything and someone go, the one of the guys goes wait is that jerry o <laughs> It was the and then all of a sudden he was like, Oh my god, and he's in the sand, so he starts freaking out and then he, you know, talking to the guy next to him explaining who you are and so it was just really, really funny, um, you know, to have to have that moment and then so then he's talking to you know, to to us and he's got he kept and keeps on asking questions like, you know, has he ever has he been to a game? Is he you know, who is he here with? So it was really funny, right. you know. But um how do you know him, you know? So I, you know, of course, had to plug shamelessly plug the show. Right. Got to check out Three Men Rush. I was with the other two goons behind me, uh, Goon One and Goon Two, Jackson and Owen, my sons. But yes. I just wanted to say this, and I, I touched on a little bit last night. The city of good neighbors is real. I mean, it is real in effect. I had so much fun at the tail. I mean, how yes. can you have? How can you literally make your way into? 30 degree temperatures, 20 some degree temperatures at four o'clock in the afternoon, four hours and 15 minutes before kickoff and have a unbelievable day. Well, there's only yeah. one way to do that. And that's go to a Bills game. We had a blast at Mafia House. It's great to see yeah. Rube again. I got to see Ruben Brown again. We had a fun time there. We kicked it. We went in, you know, about it just like I always do. I got to go in an hour before the game because I got to see warmups, watch warmups. We got our seats. Um, just just a tremendous amount of fun. The people were awesome. Lots of respectful people. Some people came up to me and talked to me. Some just said, Hey, you know, did a couple autographs, but everybody was awesome and respectful. Yeah. Um, I was, I had a blast. We'll be back. Um, I didn't know, know it was your first time watching oh, a game. Yeah. In Buffalo, yeah. It's in Buffalo, yeah. Years. Like, no, I mean, I know you years. were in Kansas City. I mean, like in Buffalo, I cannot, right. I did not know that. So, but yeah, well, we I had been to other places to see the Bills. I'd seen them in Kansas City before, <clears> but you know, with my kids playing football, you know, they play football late into the year, and then I got a now I got a son coaching, and it's like it just never matches up. And finally, right. I was like, you know what? The hell with this. I'm not going to use the bad weather as an excuse. We're, you know, my oldest boys girlfriend Michaela she was like I want I want Jackson we want to go for I want to do it for his birthday and I said you know what I'm done with making excuses we're going to do this and it was so awesome to meet everybody the only person I did not meet that I wanted to meet was Pam and you didn't uh, meet Pam she blew me off oh. she blew me off she was supposed to be a mafia house then I got the the customary hey I'm over here after the game and I'm like hey I'm no I'm, she was there she wasn't there when I was there <laughs> She she was there. <laughs> she was hiding from you. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'll have some words with her. So, <laughs> but um, no, we we had our peace. We had our peace. Yeah. No, it was it was it. yeah. It was so much fun. Um, you know, to be honest with you, it was what was funny is because you know I've I've done the whole tailgating game for so right. long, and um, you know, sometimes I love to tailgate. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to go right into the game. Please, I don't want any of the the other stuff. I don't want the cold. I don't. I just want right. to go in. Um, but you know, you you tend to meet people, and um, you know, there are some people that could just make and you know the the afternoon fun. I had gotten to Mafia House. I think at you know. Two o'clock, one thirty, two o'clock. I could not really? believe when I was told 
hey, it's after seven o'clock. We should probably get ready to start going. I was like, it's seven? What, where, where did the time go? I was so, I was overwhelmed with the fact that like it had just been such an easy evening and you know shout out to mafia house with all the heaters and i know dan freddie like he he definitely kept me nice and warm with all the heaters around so that was needed um but just to you know to have the the dj there this past week and uh in the band and you know to see reuben and um and to have them have the the live podcast all of it was so much fun so uh i'm definitely glad you came out we had like what the junior the junior uh, Quest Love band going on at yeah. like Junior Roots. It was kind of like the Roots. Junior Roots. That's what it roots. felt like. That's what it felt. You know? Yeah. But um, yeah. But no, it was it was a lot of fun. We had a blast. And the highlight of it was, um, and I don't know if you've seen it. I, I put them on social media, um, and I don't know if uh, for the people who saw them, but um, um, I'm gonna do this real quick if I can uh, figure out what I'm doing. Um, but real fast, um, this, that's my dude of a son <laughs> on the field after um, the game with no shirt on. And his, brother no shirt on. Same, his brother did the same thing. Now they weren't mad enough to do it the whole game. They were smart enough just to do it for the photo op. But, right. Um, our good friend, uh, our good friend, Jim, who's an Erie County Sheriff. Um, he helped us get down on the field afterwards and they got to do that and, that's awesome. That everything, be needed, everything I wanted it to be, it was and more. Yeah. So yeah, Buffalo that's fans, a memory that'll never be forgotten. I I I say thank you, and um, we'll do it again sometime soon. Yeah, that's definitely a memory that'll never be forgotten, Jerry. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, just before we close it out, do you have any predictions or anything for Saturday for yes, Christmas Eve? I, I, I I tend to think Bass is not going to be super effective or used if the wind's going the way it is. I I still think he'll get a field goal. I'm looking at like twenty four to seven is what I'm okay. thinking. Something so like you still that. think you still think that the Bills are going to control the I game? Do. I, I do. I think that especially I I think Eberflus is the head coach of the Bears. Eberflus. He's a guy that is a defensive guy. He still doesn't have the pieces that he wants to um to to really run the defense that he wants to run so i i think eventually the bills will overcome them and uh, they'll wear them out and um but if they turn the ball over it could be a completely different thing yeah no i agree i agree you know uh i i've been kind of focusing on the weather and in saying it's going to be a little bit more low scoring so I had 16 to 10, um, and that was because we actually missed an after, like a, an extra point in my head. Like I'm trying to figure out all these different, you know, scenarios that could happen. But it's starting to seem like the the weather um, might. It, it'll still be cold and windy, but right. the snow and all that should already have passed. Um, headed towards the Buffalo area, honestly. Um, you know, late Friday, early Saturday. So. If that's the case, I feel like it could be more high scoring than um, originally had had planned. Um, and if that's the case, you know, you, Josh is going to go out there and he might actually be able to, you know, to to throw um, throw some. I think it's also going to show it's going to prove why we brought Beasley back in. Um, I think a lot of those, you know, little quick um, uh, over the middle throws are going to be perfect for him. And hopefully we get him more than one catch. I'm glad that he got the catch and I love the the reaction of the crowd, um, when he did get the catch. So, 
it'll be it'll be fun to see who we can get uh, working in there. Now I I am starting Gabe Davis, you know, kind of begrudgingly. Um, I hope he does well because uh, my fantasy team needs it. It's my semifinals. So <laughs> Gabe did pretty I, well last week too, by the way. Yes, but this week it, yeah, I'm a little nervous, but I need him because uh, my two other wide receivers that I would have used are out. So hopefully he can. Uh, Pull, pull off at least, I, I, give me at least 10, 10, 11 points and I'll be happy. So uh, we'll see how that works out, but I can't wait to talk to everybody next week about how cold this game actually feels. So yeah, I have... Um, if you ever make it back. <laughs> don't, say, don't say that, Jerry. I'm going to make it back. If not, well, I'm going to... I can't I will... believe you got out of the Finger Lakes. I mean, yeah. you got you got family up there? Yeah, my sister still lives in the Finger Lakes, so uh, wow. we stayed there for a couple of days. And then, uh, you know, when my flight was canceled, she's like, "Oh, you're gonna just stay for Christmas?" I was like, "No, I gotta figure out how I'm gonna get to Chicago." Yeah. My sister, my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law's from Ovid. Yeah, you told me that. And actually, my sister yeah. went to school in Ovid for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I know it well. But um, I'm on the other end of uh, of the lake with a uh, lived in Geneva and, and Seneca Falls, so. That's where I was born and raised for, you know, most of my teenage years and then spent some time in Buffalo and then moved down to, to South Florida. So um, definitely don't know how I'm going to handle this cold. I have seven layers uh, for, for my top, you know, layers and stuff and three for my bottoms with some uh, some snow slash ski pants. So we'll see how it works out. I, seven layers in Tulsa is a dip that you have during the Super Bowl. So <laughs> there you go. Seven layer dip. That's, that's what everyone can start calling me. So if anyone sees me on television, please no terrible, you know, still photo shots, please. I don't want to see it. Um, cause everyone does that. Cause every time I sit front row, I tend to have some terrible picture show up on the internet. So, all right. All right. Well, Hey, uh, thanks for uh, joining us tonight on the Buffalo rumblings networks. And, um, just, we appreciate you being here. We know you have other things you could be doing, but we appreciate you uh, joining in with us. And um, we'll be back next week again on Thursday night. Is that correct? Well, I we'll, we'll talk about that because I might want to go to the Sabres game. I'm a- actually going to be in town, so we might we might go on Wednesday. We'll talk about it. Okay, I, we might go on Wednesday. We might. We'll see. I, it all, all depends right. on, uh, on if I decided to go to the that game, so we'll see. All right. She's Sarah Larson. I'm the big O. Jerry Ostrowski. You've, listened to the, you've been listening to – Three-man rush on the uh, Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. And, uh, hey, this Sunday, it's it's Christmas. Enjoy your time with your family, yeah. folks. Go home. Spend time with your family. Uh, enjoy the warmness of the, uh, of the of the house or whatever and be safe. And um, just uh, in, enjoy your time with them. It's, it's yeah, perfect. happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. You just, you just uh, uh, enjoy that. So, for me, Sarah Larson, you have anything to say, Sarah? No, just happy holidays and go Bills. Let's go. Merry Christmas. Go Bills.